www.citr.ca. Stay tuned for The Jazz Show coming right up right now.
like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have, um, seeing as this is the last uh, program in the month of February, which, of course, is Black History Month, we'll be doing a tribute Another and a final tribute, uh, well, not a final <laughs> tribute, Black History Month is uh, just about every show on uh, uh, the jazz show because uh, so many of the artists are uh, African-American descent. And uh, so uh, we celebrate their artistry and musicality and everything else. But uh, um, specifically in Black History Month, um, we have been playing some music which has... Uh, sociological significance, uh, either in the content of the music uh, or even the titles of the tunes. And um, in the case of this evening, um, the music isn't particularly militant, but uh, the titles of the tunes uh, will reflect uh, the new or the awareness of um, African ancestry by African-American musicians, and uh, we'll do that a little later on in the show. However, our first priority is to the jazz features, and the jazz features this month have been all female jazz artists, and specifically instrumentalists. Now, we all know that there are many, many, many great female jazz singers, um, the legendary ones, the contemporary ones, and uh, generally, uh, and some very, very, very good um, female uh, piano players, etc., uh, etc. Et Tonight, it's a saxophone player, and her name is Jane Ira Bloom, and she is a very, very accomplished musician. Uh, she was born in Boston, January 12th, 1955, and she began her interest in music. Um, she started with piano and drums, and at the ripe old age of nine, she discovered the saxophone, and it was the alto saxophone. Later on, she switched to the smaller, straighter, and much more difficult soprano saxophone which is always very tricky to play, and um, uh, it's, it's, you really have to develop uh, control and technique. She uh, became very dedicated to that particular um, saxophone, the soprano saxophone, and developed her own personality on that. She studied for over 11 years with the great Joe Viola, who was one of the uh, finest saxophone teachers in the world. And uh, she learned her lessons very well from uh, the great Mr. Viola, or virtuoso Joe Viola. And she also studied at Yale, earned two degrees, one in liberal arts and one as a master of music. She um, accomplished a lot in her career, uh, including a Guggenheim Fellowship. And she also is a tenured professor at the New School of Jazz and Contemporary Music in New York. And she's appeared on many albums and done a lot uh, under her, her own name. And 
I guess I would say her musical influences are possibly people like Lee Konitz and Warren Marsh, but um, that's only a superficial kind of uh, influence on her music. She has her own definite, beautiful sound, very expressive uh, player, um, and she really developed her own sound on the soprano saxophone. She stuck to that one horn and, of course, uh, is in complete control uh, of her music. So tonight, um, it won't be, of course, the last female <laughs> instrumentalist will play on the jazz show, but this month has been all, as I mentioned before, female jazz instrumentalists, and um, Jane Ira Bloom is tonight's feature. I've chosen an album that uh, she did with some wonderful people, including the great Fred Hirsch. Uh, he is one of the finest pianists on the planet. And this legendary rhythm section on bass, the late Charlie Hayden, and on drums, the late great New Orleans drummer, Ed Blackwell. Now, Hayden and Blackwell first came together way back in the early 60s. They were the rhythm section in Ornette Coleman's groundbreaking quartet. And, of course, they formed this uh, musical alliance and played so well together. They played for years in another uh, Ornette Coleman-type band called Old and New Dreams. And, uh, of course, they performed... Um, many times together, and of course their their ESP, uh, musical ESP, was uh, unbelievable. And uh, you'll hear um, their wonderful contributions uh, on this particular recording. So we have Jane Ira Bloom on soprano saxophone, and she's the leader, Fred Hirsch on piano, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Ed Blackwell on drums. And all of this was recorded in New York City in November of 1982. And the album consists of uh, five compositions by Jane Ira Bloom and one beautiful, rarely played standard tune. Jane's uh, style is, is extremely um, expressive. And as I said, she, her sound and her phrasing uh, on the horn is, is, is really wonderful um, in terms of being able to communicate uh, emotion and, and, and feeling. And this is, of course, um, aside from all uh, the intellectual aspects, uh, emotion and feeling is very important in good music. So that's our jazz feature this evening. Uh, this album was uh, originally issued on Enja Records. And we'll get into the tunes, beginning with uh, the first composition by Jane Ira Bloom. It's entitled 251, and of course that's a, a very common uh, chordal sequence. Uh, then we go from there to this beautiful, rarely played ballad written by Kurt Weill, and it's called Lost in the Stars. And uh, then Fred Hirsch is, um, doesn't play on tune number three, it's a very interesting little tune. It's called I Got Rhythm But No Melody. And <laughs> kind of a, an ironic title by Jane Ira Bloom. And uh, then the, uh, Fred Hirsch comes back for the next tune, of course, because it's written in honor of the great pianist Bill Evans, 
who was one of Hirsch's biggest influences. And Jane Ira Bloom wrote this tune in honor of Bill called The Man with Glasses. Then a uh, very interesting tune is uh, tune number five, and it's called Change Up. And uh, the final tune, the title track, uh, Fred Hurst does not play on the, on the final tune of the set again. It's just the Jane and bass and drums, and it's the uh, tune, the title track, Mighty Lights. So that's the lineup and the music, and we're going to get to it right now. The music of Jane Ira Bloom.
You've just heard the music of Jane Ira Bloom. Born in Boston, January 12, 1955, still very, very active. Um, she's uh, one of the foremost voices of the soprano saxophone and our jazz feature artist this evening. We heard this album, which is um, one of her earliest, but also one of her finest albums. Uh, she was playing here with um, Fred Hirsch on piano, the great Fred Hirsch, and this iconic rhythm section. Uh, these guys had played together for so many years. They, they were first heard in uh, Ornette Coleman's groundbreaking band in the early 60s, and uh, they hooked up so many times in, in different uh, organizations, different recording dates, different settings, and so on. Charlie Hayden on bass, the late Charlie Hayden on bass, and the late Ed Blackwell on drums, one of the great drummers from New Orleans, and uh, such a, a wonderfully organic whole, this uh, uh, album. Uh, th they all played together so beautifully. We heard uh, five compositions by Jane Ira Bloom and one uh, rarely played standard uh, written by Kurt Vile. The album was recorded uh, for Anja Records in New York City uh, in November of 1982. And, of course, Jane has gone on. She's got a degree from uh, Yale University, uh, actually two degrees, one in liberal arts and a master's of music. And she is also a tenured professor at the prestigious New School of Jazz and Contemporary Music in New York and a um, wonderful exponent of the soprano saxophone. We heard the first tune was entitled, um, and it was Jane's composition, entitled 251, a very common uh, chord sequence. The second tune was the standard that I mentioned, uh, written by Kurt Weil uh, and Jane's beautifully emotional uh, rendition of Lost in the Stars. And then we heard one where uh, Fred Hurst did not play, Jane with just uh, bass and drums, and we heard um, her own composition called I Got Rhythm But No Melody. <laughs> and uh, then um, pianist Fred Hurst returned for two number four, and that was written in honor of the great uh, pianist Bill Evans and Jane's tune called The Man with Glasses. And um, Fred stayed on for the next tune, an up-tempo thing called Change Up, and then the final tune uh, with just, again, uh, Jane and bass and drums, the title track, Mighty Lights. So I certainly hope you enjoyed the uh, jazz feature this evening, the great artist Jane Ira Bloom, one of the true masters of the uh, soprano saxophone with her own sound and concept, and uh, she'll um, accomplish and she has accomplished so much more and will continue to do so. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 on your FM dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And my name's Gavin Walker, and we shall return after these important messages. <laughs>
So you're a member of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at... On the Fringe Hair Design, Rufus Guitar Shop, Stormcrow Ale House, The Bike Kitchen, UBC Bookstore, Australia Boot Company, and so many more. help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam speaking Musqueam people. Next up on the show is. I guess there's so many great Hammond organists, and this one is my personal favorite. I'm talking about the great late Don Patterson. Don was born in Columbus, Ohio, on July 22, 1936, and passed away in uh, the 80s, and still a young man, sad to say. But uh, he made so many great albums for uh, Prestige Records, and of course he was uh, Sonny Stitt's main uh, organist for so many years, and there's so many recordings with Don Patterson and, and, and Sonny Stitt. But this is one with Don under his own name, and it was recorded in 1978 for Muse Records, and it featured uh, some great people that are should be better known, including uh, Virgil Jones, a wonderful trumpet player, and one of my favorite tenor saxophonists who is still very much alive and still uh, creating a lot of musical fires in his hometown of um, Philadelphia. I'm talking about the great Bootsy Barnes. Now, he's a local Philadelphia musician, but everybody knows how... Um, great Bootsy is. He's just one of those musicians that never moved to New York, and he stayed in, in Philadelphia. He had lots of gigs there and, and uh, uh, played uh, with just about everybody. So he grew up and developed uh, along with people like Lee Morgan, um, Lex Humphreys, Bobby Timmons, all the Heaths, Percy and Jimmy and, and Tootie Heath, and all those folks. And, of course, he's worked with uh, Lou Rawls and Kenny Barron, uh, Slide Hampton, Donald Byrd. And uh, he was also a, a childhood playmate of um, comedian Bill Cosby. Yeah. Well, Cosby, of course, is from Philadelphia as well. Anyway, regardless of that, um, Bootsy is still one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone. So he has never uh, appeared on 
a lot of recordings, so we're very happy to have him on this recording. I, I sort of single him out because he should be better, much better known. On guitar is the late, great Eddie McFadden, and on drums, Idris Mohammed, and of course, Don Patterson on the Hammett organ. The first tune is, um, this is from an album called Why Not? And um, it, it marked, uh, Don had been a little absent for a, a couple of years from the recording studio, and this, this was kind of a comeback recording, and a good one. Uh, the first tune is written by Don Patterson. It's called Dem New York Do's. And the second tune is a Bootsy Barnes composition called Three Miles Out. So here then, Virgil Jones on trumpet, Bootsy Barnes on tenor saxophone, Eddie McFadden on guitar, Idris Mohammed on drums, and Don Patterson on the Hammond organ. <laughs> Thank you. 
We heard a couple of tracks from a wonderful album by Don Patterson, late, great Don Patterson, one of the masters of the Hammond organ, with his band as assembled here. It was recorded in 1978 for 
Muse Records. The album was called Why Not? And it featured the legendary tenor saxophonist from Philadelphia, Bootsy Barnes, and Virgil Jones on trumpet, Eddie McFadden on guitar, and Idris Mohammed on drums. And we heard two tunes from this album. The first one was a Don Patterson composition called Dem New York Do's. And the second one was written by saxophonist Bootsy Barnes. It was entitled Three Miles Out. We'll hear more from this album some other time, but it's uh, a great album uh, by Don Patterson. As I mentioned before, he is my favorite exponent of the Hammond organ and uh, one of the great masters of that instrument. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. Really glad to have you aboard and uh, glad to have you out there this evening. Yeah, it's warming up in Vancouver. The snow's gone. <laughs> Hopefully it won't come back. Well, you know, it'll stay up on the mountains, and that's where it should be because uh, people like to ski. This is part of the beauty of living in Vancouver is um, our recreational activities. So um, the weather is, um, I guess, going to get back to normal, maybe a little cooler than usual for this time of year. But, you know, it's just the end of February, March. It's, to me, uh, pretty typical of, uh, of this time of year. Anyway, we're going to take a, a very short break just to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show, my name's Gavin Walker, and of course, you're listening to CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll be right back with a fantastic trumpet player by the name of John Faddis and play a couple of things by him. He is amazing. All right, stay tuned. I'm Melissa. I'm a settler from Epiquit, or Prince Edward Island, the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq peoples. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm Jewish and Korean and grew up mostly in Shawnee Territory in the United States. My name is Autumn Schnell, and I am Treaty 11 Gwich'in and a new Vialuit on my mom's side, and on my dad's side, I am of German descent. And we're members of the Indigenous Collective. Do you have a passion for Indigenous issues? What about decolonization? Our show, Unseated Airways, airs every Monday at 11 a.m., so come by CITR to hang out. If you're interested in Indigenous representation and empowerment, or just want to hang out with cool folks who are, then this collective is for you. Email volunteer at citr.ca to get involved. The Canadian Foundation for Cross-Cultural Dialogue proudly introduces its new project, Baldwin and La Fontaine, Towards Responsible Government. With your family, friends and classmates, learn more about the role played by those important figures in shaping Canadian government as we know it today. Visit baldwinlafontaine.ca to discover clips, documentaries and a teaching guide. Enter the National Web Contest for a chance to win a trip for two to Toronto or a post-secondary scholarship.
I did mention the weather, didn't I? Well, tonight is going to be cloudy, and um, I noticed a few raindrops uh, on my way out here this evening. So overnight, there's going to be some showers, some light showers, and a low of 2. Then tomorrow, uh, the showers are going to end by around noon, and then it's just going to remain cloudy for the rest of the day with a low of 2 and a high of 7. Wednesday is a bit of a downturn. The forecast is one word, rain, uh, with a low of three and a high of five. Thursday is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of three and a high of seven. Friday is a mix of sun and cloud with only a 30% chance of showers with a low of zero and a high of five. Saturday is a mix of sun and cloud, no precipitation in the forecast with a low of zero, high of eight. And Sunday is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of minus one and a high of eight. So kind of typical for, for this time of year, of course. And we're going to continue now with some music. I mentioned John Faddis. John Faddis is one of the great virtuoso trumpet players. He has also got a tremendous range of the trumpet. He can play um, <laughs> as high... You can play so high you can barely hear it. Only dogs can. Uh, he's got just a tremendous uh, lip and range. The virtuoso trumpet player. Uh, he was um, protege of Dizzy Gillespie's, and of course he did perform in um, Dizzy's uh, last great uh, band, the Alumni All Stars. And John was uh, Dizzy treated John with pride because uh, really um, John was able to. Uh, master a lot of the uh, incredible pyrotechnics that uh, Dizzy Gillespie had and uh, just do some things all of his own and, of course, developed his own musical personality. And a very outgoing guy and a wonderful player. And a little bit overlooked today, he's uh, he's done a lot of teaching over the years, of course, at the uh, Conservatory of Music at Purchase College, um, in Westchester, New York. And, of course, he teaches trumpet, uh, big band, ensemble, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, this is an album called Into the Fadosphere, and it was recorded for Epic Records uh, back in 1989. And it features a product of Vancouver, the great Rini Rosness on piano, who was our jazz feature artist a while back. Rini's uh, a side um, side person (laughs) on this date and of course playing piano Phil Bowler is on bass and Ralph Peterson on drums and we're going to hear the title track uh, written by John Faddis and um, then we'll go to another tune called um, Retro Blue so the first tune is Into the Fattosphere and uh, some amazing pyrotechnics uh, on this one And, uh, and then we'll do Retro Blue. So here then, the music of the one and only John Faddis.
the amazing John Faddis from his album Into the Faddisphere that came out on uh, Epic Records. It was recorded back in 1989 in New York and featured John on trumpet, of course, and Rini Rosnes on piano, Phil Bowler on bass, and Ralph Peterson on drums. And we heard the title track was the first tune called Into the Faddisphere, and the second tune was another Faddis composition entitled Retro Blue. And of course, uh, just amazing chops and, uh, and technique on the trumpet. Wow, John Faddis. I've got some recordings with John when he uh, toured uh, briefly with Charles Mingus, and I'll have to bring those out because um, they were recorded at uh, Ronnie Scott's in London and never uh, issued uh, here. They're, they're quite rare. And it was a, an edition of Mingus's Jazz Workshop, and there's some amazing playing on there John, with John Faddis and Charles Mingus and company. And uh, I'll have to pull those out sometime in, the, in a future show. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we're going to go back in time. Charlie Parker, some of his earliest recordings. Now, those of you that know about Charlie Parker's history, uh, he did some recordings in his hometown of Kansas City, and he did tour, did a couple of tours with uh, Jay McShann's band. And they did record uh, for Decca Records, and they also recorded for some um, a small independent label in Kansas City. And, of course, Charlie Parker was heard in the context of the band, so he got some little short solos and so on. Um, but these recordings, which were done in Kansas City somewhere, I, I, I think at someone's home, are from 1942. Charlie Parker uh, would be, he was born in 1920, so that would make him 22 years old, or 21 years old, 21, 22 years old. And before anybody really knew who he was, but there was no one that was playing the saxophone and doing what he was doing. Absolutely no one. He did have his influences. Lester Young was one of them, and a legendary saxophonist named Buster Smith, Professor Buster Smith, uh, was a, a great musician, uh, never became very well known. Uh, Charlie Parker admired him, and uh, of course, he, he listened to everybody and, and worked, practiced. Uh, at one time, Charlie Parker was practicing 15, 16 hours a day. Uh, on the horn. He'd been humiliated a couple of times in his early days uh, for not knowing the tunes properly and, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, he just said, okay, uh, I'm just going to play better than everybody. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and revolutionized jazz music. These recordings are so neat because uh, they're not done with a band. They're done with a local guitarist by the name of Efforts Ware. Very good rhythm guitar player. So it's just Charlie on alto saxophone and Efforge Ware on guitar. And uh, these were recorded in Kansas City in sometime in 1942. We're going to open with um, Body and Soul, the great uh, Johnny Green tune. And, of course, that's always been a challenge for um, musicians to play that tune. Uh, because it changes key uh, on the bridge of, of the tune. And uh, 
if you really don't, don't know what you're doing, you can get lost on that tune. And I believe uh, at one time Charlie Parker did get lost and was sent home <laughs> um, and with his head hung. And uh, he vowed never to mess the tune up again. Anyway, he certainly doesn't do it on this version. And then we're going to hear um, a tune which kind of reflects his uh, influence from Lester Young. And it's a, another standard tune. It's called I Found a New Baby. And it was a tune that was very popular during the um, late 30s, early 40s and played by just about every band. Then we're going to hear an old uh, tune which brings out kind of the pretty sentimental side of Charlie Parker, and it's a tune by Ted, uh, by Harry Warren, and um, it's a tune called My Heart Tells Me Should I Believe My Heart. That's the name of the tune, and uh, Charlie Parker is, is very sweet on, on that one, but uh, very... Um, that's just another side of his musical personality. Very beautiful. And the final tune is a tune that Charlie Parker made all of his own. Nobody played it, this tune, the way Bird could do it. And, of course, it's Ray Noble's famous tune, Cherokee. So we begin this quartet of recordings, home recordings, with Charlie Parker on alto saxophone and Efridge Ware on guitar and we begin with body and soul
Thank <laughs> you. 
That's the music of a budding genius. Well, he's, he was already there. Charlie Parker, in 1942, before the world knew who he was and what he was going to do uh, in music. And, of course, he was uh, in his hometown of Kansas City. Um, Charlie was 21, 22 years old when he recorded this with uh, guitarist Efforge Ware. And... Uh, these wonderful recordings uh, surfaced uh, a few years ago, and uh, we played the four tunes. The first one was um, Body and Soul, uh, written by Johnny Green, a famous tune and uh, a standard. And the second tune was uh, Spencer Williams' I Found a New Baby, which was a, a tune that was, as I mentioned, very popular in the late 30s, early 40s, played by all the jazz musicians. And then a, a sentimental ballad was tune number three, um, tune written by Harry Warren, and it was called My Heart Tells Me Should I Believe My Heart. And it kind of brought out the sweet uh, balladic side of, uh, of Charlie Parker. And uh, then we ended up with a tune that he made all of his own, and it was Cherokee, written by Ray Noble. And... Uh, Charlie Parker, already there and ready to take on the world. A young man who revolutionized jazz music. Charles Christopher Parker. All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. We're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And now we're going to pay tribute to Black History Month. Now, I mentioned that the music that I was going to play is not particularly militant. Well, I'll take back my words on this first piece of music. Um, it really does uh, set the uh, pace here. And uh, this is probably the most uh, overtly militant piece of music that we're going to hear. And it, of course, is done by the great drummer Max Roach, who was no stranger to playing music that was socially significant. And uh, a lot of Max's music from about 1960 on uh, had uh, uh, very much civil rights overtones. And... Um, this is album that was recorded uh, in the early 80s with Max's working quartet. Cecil Bridgewater on trumpet, um, the great, another great Philadelphia tenor saxophonist, Odine Pope on tenor saxophone, Calvin Hill on bass, and, of course, the great Max Roach on drums. This is his own composition, and it's interspersed with a very famous speech that you will recognize right away. The piece of music is called It's Time, and this is the beginning of our tribute to 
our final tribute this month to Black History Month.
Max Roach and his quartet doing The Dream, It's Time, written by Max Roach and, of course, the famous speech by Dr. Martin Luther King. Cecil Bridgewater on trumpet, Odine Pope on tenor saxophone, Calvin Hill on bass, and, of course, Max Roach on drums from his album that came out on Columbia Records called Chattahoochee Red. Our next piece of music, tribute to Black History Month, is showed actually the growing awareness of nations that were achieving independence in Africa. Africa, of course, had been colonized by the French, the, the Germans, the, the British, of course. Um, all these European nations had, had colonized and exploited Africa over the years. And uh, the nations in the early 60s were beginning to look at independence. I forgot to mention the Belgians. Yeah, we won't get into that. But anyway, um, one of the first nations to become independent, if not the the first, was Ghana and under the great uh, Kwame Nkrumah. And, of course, American, uh, African-American musicians... um, were very socially aware, and they were um, affected by by this uh, as well, and and very proud of of this happening. And of course, Ghana being one of the first nations to achieve independence, and then of course, one after another after another. And so, in honor of Ghana's independence, alto saxophonist Jackie McLean wrote this great tune. With, from his album, Jackie's Bag, and a uh, wonderful uh, assembly of musicians here. 
Jackie McLean on alto saxophone, one of my favorite performances by him. Um, on trumpet, the great Blue Mitchell. On tenor saxophone, one of the underrated geniuses of that instrument, Tyna Brooks, Kenny Drew on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Art Taylor on drums. And here is Jackie McLean's great composition, Appointment in Ghana.
Jackie McLean, appointment in Ghana, a tribute to a brand new country in Africa. This was recorded in 1960, this album. Um, it's from an album called Jackie's Bag, and Jackie was leading a sextet. Jackie on Jackie McLean on alto saxophone, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Tyna Brooks on tenor saxophone, um, Kenny Drew on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums, and appointment in Ghana. The second of our tribute to Black History Month. The third comes from an album. We're going to play two tracks from this album. It's a big band, and it's entitled The Big Soul Band. And again, it's um, the growing awareness and willingness um, to put on records um, pride in, in one's, one's culture um, in a more overt way fashion. Uh, this isn't militant music at all. This is more celebra- uh, music of celebration. And this is a, a wonderful recording. It's a big band led by tenor saxophonist Johnny Griffin. There's all kinds of prominent people in the band. Clark Terry, Julian Priester. Um, in the rhythm section, Harold Mayburn on piano, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Charlie Persip on drums, and some other folks in the band. But the main uh, focus here is tenor saxophonist Johnny Griffin. And uh, he chose uh, for this tune an old spiritual called Wade in the Water. And we're going to hear that. Then we're going to hear a tune written by pianist Bobby Timmons. And the tune is called So Tired. And it was meant by Bobby as a piece of protest music saying that he was so tired of being treated like a second-class citizen. This is what he wrote the tune uh, out of that feeling, and it's a great tune, and it's going to be the second tune we're going to listen to. And there's, there are some solos by uh, some other people uh, on the second piece, which is a little longer. Uh, we'll tell you when you hear them. So the first piece of music, the spiritual wade in the water, and the second piece of music, Bobby Timmons' great tune, So Tired. And this is the big soul band led by tenor saxophone giant, the little giant, Johnny Griffin.
That was a couple of pieces by the Big Soul Band, led by tenor saxophonist Johnny Griffin. And we heard two pieces of music uh, from that. The rhythm section was Harold Mayburn on piano, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Charlie Persip on drums, and of course, uh, some trumpets, trombones, and uh, other saxophones in there. We heard uh, the first tune was the spiritual, called Wade in the Water. And the second tune was Bobby Timmons' uh, great tune, and it was uh, um, with a protest title, you can imagine. It's called So Tired. And we heard solos on that by Clark Terry on trumpet, um, Julian Priester on trombone, Harold Mayburn on piano, and of course, Johnny Griffin on tenor saxophone. The Big Soul Band. The arrangements were by the great uh, Chicago arranger, Norman Simmons. The Big Soul Band. We're doing a tribute to Black History Month, our final tribute, because this is the last jazz show um, for the month of February, which is Black History Month. Next up, from an album called Down With It, trumpeter Blue Mitchell returns to the spotlight, leading his own band with Junior Cook on tenor saxophone, Chick Corea on piano, Gene Taylor on bass, and Al Foster on drums. And this album was recorded in 1965, and of course there was so much happening in the South, civil rights demonstrations, sit-ins, arrests, uh, murders, all that kind of stuff. And of course, one of the big events was the March on Selma. And that's what this tune is called, March on Selma, written by Blue Mitchell and performed by his quintet.
Yeah, you could hear the intensity in that piece of music called March on Selma. I'm sure you understand the significance of that. Blue Mitchell on trumpet, leading Junior Cook on tenor saxophone, Chick Corea on piano, Gene Taylor on bass, and Al Foster on drums. And that's from Blue Mitchell's album, Down With It, March on Selma. We're going to turn now to another big band, this time led by Oliver Nelson, the great alto and tenor saxophonist. And, of course, uh, there's a whole bunch of people in, uh, I'm not going to go into all the names in the orchestra here, but we're going to hear three movements from Oliver Nelson's wonderful piece called Afro-American Sketches. And it's, of course, a tribute to his people. And uh, this is our next um, feature for Black History Month. The first piece of music is called Emancipation Blues. The second piece of music is called There's a Yearnin'. There's a Yearnin' for Freedom. And the final piece of music is the rather triumphant Freedom Dance. And uh, this huge orchestra led by, um, I'll try and identify all the solos after we hear the music. So we begin with Emancipation Blues.
We heard three movements as a tribute to Black History Month continues on the jazz show from Oliver Nelson's great album called Afro-American Sketches and with a huge band including uh, such people as Ray Barreto on on conga drums, uh, Ed Shaughnessy on uh, regular drums, uh, all, all kinds of uh, great Musicians. I'm not going to name them all. It's too many. But we'll tell you who the soloists are. On the first piece of music, we heard Emancipation Blues. And there were solos on there by trumpeter Joe Newman. Patty Bowne on piano, great pianist, uh, the late Patty Bowne. Um, she's uh, originally from Seattle, a wonderful musician. And, of course, Oliver Nelson himself on alto saxophone. Then we heard the very beautiful piece, after Emancipation Blues called There's a Yearnin'. And, of course, the lead player on that was, again, uh, Oliver Nelson on alto saxophone and some wonderful flute work there by Jerry Dodgian. Very beautiful melody. And the final piece was entitled Freedom Dance, and that featured Oliver Nelson once again on tenor saxophone. So he did all the writing. It was his band. And this is a great album and a tribute to um, his people. And it's called Afro-American Sketches. Oliver Nelson. One more piece we're going to play. And this is by trumpeter Lee Morgan. This is from an album which is kind of overlooked. Uh, this was um, an album that uh, was a couple of albums away. Um, he had a, Lee Morgan, as we all know, had a huge hit with the album called The Sidewinder. And that is a great album. And everything about that album is great. And then he followed that up with an album called The Rump Roller, which was uh, uh, really, really good as well. And this album was um, third and lesser known album. And this is Lee Morgan's extended composition. And it, again, it reflects his views on emancipation, freedom, equality, and everything else. And it's a, a beautiful um, piece of music, kind of a lament in a way. And yet it has a militancy to it as well. And uh, Lee wrote it for, for his people. And it's called Search for the New Land. And it's the title track from this album and the longest track on this album. And the band is Lee Morgan, of course, on trumpet. Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone. Grant Green on guitar. Herbie Hancock on piano. Reggie Workman on bass. And Billy Higgins on drums. And here, then, is Search for the new land.
Lee Morgan from his album Search for the New Land. Our final tribute to Black History Month. And, of course, Lee Morgan on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Grant Green on guitar, Herbie Hancock on piano, Reggie Workman on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. Search for the New Land. Very beautiful piece by Lee Morgan with um, hope for some change. All of this was recorded in 1964 for Blue Note Records, and uh, it's the title track from this album. So that was our tribute to Black History Month, uh, as this is uh, the final show uh, in the month of February. And uh, next month, all the jazz features are going to be about the music of the one and only Thelonious Monk. We've got a whole selection of wonderful Monk recordings to, uh, to feature um, every week next month in, in March. So if you're a fan of Monk's music, I'm sure you'd be interested in uh, hearing the selections. We won't tell you about them until we play them. So you have to tune in. Our final piece of music tonight before we close the show is the great tenor saxophone tag team match. Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt. And Gene Ammons, of course, is one of the great boys. The both of them are. Um, Sonny Stitt, of course, was uh, unbelievably fluid and fast. Ammons had the sound. And um, Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt were best friends and uh, sometimes musical rivals, you know, um, on the bandstand. But uh, uh, in this band, Gene Ammons always soloed first. So he's the first guy you're going to hear take the solo. And this is a great little band with Leon Spencer on Hammond organ, George Freeman on guitar, and Idris Muhammad on drums. And it's the title track from this uh, great album that was recorded in the early 70s. And it's a composition by Leon Spencer. It's called You Talk That Talk. Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt. Thank <laughs> you. 
Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt from an album called You Talk That Talk. And uh, that was the title track written by the organist on the date, Leon Spencer. You Talk That Talk. Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt on tenor saxophones with Leon Spencer on Hammond organ, George Freeman on guitar, and Idris Muhammad on drums. Well, that's it for the jazz show for another week. And as I mentioned before, we're going to be playing the music next month, the month of March, the merry month of March. Um, We have four features with pianist, composer, and jazz icon Thelonious Monk. And uh, we hope that you enjoy the the selections um, of the various jazz features that you'll hear over the, uh, the four Mondays in the month of March. That's it. Thank you very much for listening this evening. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and The Jazz Show, and of course, CITR 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll see you in seven days' time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.